Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And hello, everybody. Grant Napier, if you don't like that, my guest is coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Whether it's leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works has a fix for you. Locally owned for over 20 years, New Works is a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they've got a fix for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. Once again, newworksplumbing.com. My guest today wrote, I thought, a fascinating column on OutKick. Uh, we've had him on this podcast before. The name of the, or the headline of the story was Pride Month and the Fraudulence of Corporate Backed social justice branding bobby burak nice enough to join us bobby it's good to have you on the program again how are you grant it's been a while how you been man appreciate am, you having me yeah it's you know it's a pleasure uh first of all I, I love what you do with outkick because i really feel that outkick writes what a lot of people in this country feel but are too afraid to say because they don't want to be canceled and they don't want to be labeled you must love the platform you have well grant First of all, I appreciate the nice comments. And when I got into this business, my mindset and goal was really simple. It was never to get to a certain platform or work for a certain company, but it was always to tell the truth that nobody else was telling. And that's really what I try to do each day or each week is that look at a pressing situation and say, what is the truth? What is the story that nobody else is telling? And you find over and over again, the media is failing to do their job to just simply tell the truth or even, quite frankly, just ask questions. A journalist's job is to ask questions and hold people in power accountable, and nobody's doing that. It's really just created a lane for me to do it because no one else wants to or has the backbone to do that. Bobby, let's get to the crux of your column yesterday for those that did not read it just a little background june is a month dedicated to gay pride so go ahead what was the crux of your story right so if you turn if you logged on to twitter or facebook june 1st uh, you noticed how colorful your timeline pages were all these major brands from starbucks to coca-cola to bmw to 
the corrupt pharmaceutical company Pfizer, Moderna, all these places, they have the rainbow flag. They're supporting the flag. Um, maybe sometimes they even change their entire bio to represent the rainbow colors. And if I look at that situation is, wait a minute, all these companies have social media pages in other countries like Saudi Arabia, China, used to have them in Russia. They're probably not active there anymore. And they're not supporting gay pride. They are actually scrubbing any reference of supporting the LGBT community from those pages. I think what it shows is, is that these companies don't actually support or believe in any of these causes. They claim to champion. These are all marketing tools, Grant. Pride Month has been hijacked by influencers and major corporations to empower themselves to show which side of the cultural divide they are on. They want to show that they're on the progressive side, the protective side, the side that's not homophobic or anti-gay or whatever term you're using to attack the right now. Um, Pride Month is no different than other social media campaigns like hashtag BLM, hashtag masked up, or even hashtag I stand with Ukraine. This is all about people in power being fearful and wanting to show their potential critics, hey, look, at, we're not racist. We said hashtag BLM. We don't stand with Vladimir Putin. We use hashtag I stand with Ukraine. We're not crazy anti-science kooks. We said hashtag masks up. It's all fraudulent and cowardly. I want to read two paragraphs that you ended your story with. So a rainbow profile photo isn't a celebration of the gay community. Rather, it's an opportunity for companies partnering with staunch anti-gay governments to grant themselves a reputation in the U.S. that they do not deserve. Twitter feeds full of rainbows do not show a society that is united, but one that is fearful and concerned only about perception. Participants of social movements have always been more focused on their own image than justice anyway. I want to concentrate on the NBA for a moment. This is a league that pulled their game out of Charlotte, North Carolina a couple of years ago over a bathroom bill. We know about their business with China. As a matter of fact, Adam Silver spoke about that before game one. And they're going to play a preseason game for the first time in the United Arab Emirates where homosexuality is a crime over there and can be punishable by death. Would we use the word hypocrisy right after the NBA logo? I mean, is there a more hypocritical company in the sports world than the NBA? Well, of course not, except maybe the WNBA. I think they're probably right up there in the you know, lens of hypocrisy. But this goes back to really what I'm saying is, is the NBA, like being woke and socially active and you know all that stuff, it's cool. It's trending in the United States. It's good for your brand. It's it grants you in the good graces of critics and journalists and TV anchors, but it's not trendy and cool in the Middle East and other in those other countries. And so the NBA just decided, okay, we're going to pretend to be social justice advocates here in the U.S. because that's best for our brand. We're going to pretend to be apolitical and even against that stuff in countries that ban that. So what do you deduce from that, Grant, if that the NBA doesn't believe in anything. They're ju- they just believe in their bottom line. They're willing to support and brand themselves around any cause that's best for them. I mean, so I, I look at it like this. Everybody says, or at least the critics will say, how far left the sports world has become. And they're right as far as the image. But I don't actually think these people are all, fall, all are far left. 
They just know being perceived as far left is the best for their brand. All a lie. All a ruse. What's interesting to me, though, with what's going on right now with the Saudi Arabia back off league and the uh, controversy surrounding Dustin Johnson, Graham McDowell, and some of the other players, uh, the Royal Canadian Bank has stopped their partnerships with Dustin Johnson, with Graham McDowell, and yet the NBA doesn't seem to be losing corporations from backing them particularly as it relates to, let's say, the game that's going to be coming up, which will be televised nationally in the UAE. Why do you think that is? You mean why why that's getting so much more attention than the NBA situation? I, I wonder why, with the disparity and the hypocrisy of some of the things that we're talking about, it does not appear that the NBA has lost revenue from major companies that are saying, no, we can't go along with that because it is hypocritical. You have a different stance. Again, I use some of the examples. Why do you think that is? Right, yeah. So I think it's pretty clear what's happening here is that, again, it goes back to perception and fear is that if you take a stand against the NBA, you are going to be labeled as someone who is trying to silence or take away the voices of black athletes. The NBA has done a job of branding themselves as more than basketball we empower the black community so silencing them or pulling out a business event you're going to be called racist but it's very easy to go after phil mickelson or dustin johnson two white guys that one almost participate in the tournament and one that is because what are they going to label you i mean it's all about expecting and knowing what your critics are going to come after you about that's what i've always said like the biggest reason that you have people like Mark Jones, who did an awful job last night calling the finals, just embarrassing. The reason nobody calls him out is because they're afraid if they call him out, people are going to call them racist. But no one had any trouble calling out Joe Tessitore for Monday Night Football because he's an easy target. Um, all these journalists, all these sponsors, all these CEOs, they're all playing the same game. They're afraid in that motive and that they operate out of fear. And again, Going after the NBA or pulling out of business with the NBA, that leads to a pretty rough perception. Doing so for white golfers, pretty easy, easy task to do. You have had several stories as it relates to Mark Jones and ESPN. And recently there was a story that came out and the number of subscribers that are saying no to ESPN on a daily basis, it adds up to thousands, I believe, a day. And yet the Mark Jones of the world, as you have pointed out time and time again, I wonder what their actions mean for the bottom line of ESPN. You have been very open about illustrating the tweets from Mark Jones, which to me are are absolutely mind-boggling. And there are many others at ESPN. They see their subscriptions going down and down and down. But yet there doesn't seem to be any repercussions, doesn't seem to be any issue with the management of ESPN telling their employees, hey, enough is enough. Why do you think that is? What's the real story? What's going on there? Yeah, I, mean, I, hate, you know, I hate to repeat it, but I really think it comes down to what I said again is that, and I wrote this a couple of weeks ago, look, when ESPN benched Dave Steele for answering a question about Barack Obama and the COVID-19 vaccine, none of the media writers except me came after them or even held them accountable. That's so easy to punish Dave Steele or punish somebody with dissenting views but 
to punish Mark Jones for telling Rush Limbaugh to rot in hell or saying police officers are actively looking to kill black people or lying on air about police murdering Jacob Blake, who is still alive to this day, you know, you go after him, all of a sudden, the Richard Deitches and the New York Times type Washington Post style journalists, they say, hey, look at ESPN silencing a black man speaking up against social injustice. How dare ESPN? That's what this is all about. Silencing Sage Steele is easy because the critics don't like her because she's conservative. They encourage ESPN to keep benching her and pushing her lower and lower down. But as soon as you speak up against Mark Jones, you have the Jamel Hills and the Michael Smiths and maybe even the in-house people like Bomani Jones say, wait a minute, why is ESPN doing this? Why are they silencing Mark Jones? Um, that's the real story in all of this. Is it a bad look for ESPN? Of course. And Grant, I have pretty good sources on this say that there's a lot of ESPN managers who are embarrassed by Mark Jones. Again, they're too afraid to say anything because all of a sudden they put their careers in jeopardy if they see something to this loop. Do you think things are getting a little better or are they beginning, are they getting worse as we talk about this topic and what's going on in this country? Uh, I think they're getting worse because what, what is the best, the best way to see where this country stands and the divide is how we react in tragedy, right? Um, what happened in Buffalo, what happened in Uvalde, those are tragedies. And what happened? It divided the country even further. What does that tell you? It just shows you how far apart we are and how politicized all of this has become. Every time a tragedy occurs, and you could say originally the pandemic was a tragedy, or at least as far as the impact it had on the country and society, that divided us much further than we were before the start of the pandemic. Um, I think one of the more proud moments of the U.S. is how we came together after 9-11. That doesn't happen anymore. When, when tragedy hits, it just pushes us further apart. We become more vile and angry and divisive. So no, I, I don't think things are getting better by any means. Um, from the shootings to the vaccine requirements to what's going on in schools, the inaccurately dubbed don't say gay bill to all of this stuff. All it does is divide us more across party lines and ideology. I don't see a positive by any means in any of it. I would agree with you. I did a podcast last week and I talked about some of the issues that happened in the month of May that I just found were so egregious as it relates to race. One was the uh, prom that Bronnie James went to taking a white gal and was just absolutely destroyed by so many on social media. Uh, They couldn't believe it. And I just thought that was so sad that in 2022, a young black man is taking a white gal to the prom. And albeit, yes, he's very well known because he's LeBron James' son. But the, the rhetoric and the dialogue on social media was unbelievable. I talked about Draymond Green and how he went after Christopher Mandog Russo, and I believe that you uh, and your colleagues covered that on OutKick for Chris's comment on ESPN's first take with Stephen A. Smith and J.J. Redick, and Draymond Green basically came out insinuated that Chris Russo is a racist and said that that's not going to fly anymore and signs it the new media 
All right. Uh, you got Nassim Kadri of the Colorado Avalanche who runs into uh, Jordan Pennington, the goalie for St. Louis, who misses the rest of the series. No penalty was called. The NHL does not even hand out a fine or a suspension because they felt it was not a dirty play that was within the realm of hockey. Police escorts have to be uh, out in front of the team hotel because Kadri is receiving all kinds of threats, uh, racially motivated, among other things. I mean, this just because he's a Muslim and of Lebanese descent and has uh, had some incidents from the NHL, including a year ago where he was suspended for seven games for a vicious hit on a St. Louis player. I mean, it just seems to me that we are becoming more and more more divided in just about every single avenue in this country. Yeah, and I don't know. I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. I just despise these people that do all of this race baiting, going after LeBron's son for taking a white girl to prom, or just all of it, or the Draymond Greens to try to paint Mad Dog Russo as a racist and all that. I mean, it's just awful what these people are doing. Um, I've never seen anything like it. It's just like, just the, the violent nature of these people to want to bring people down. Um, I don't like to speak in cliches, grand, or use these terms that people have normalized or mainstream. But just if you look at what the meaning of like woke and cancel culture is, the entire idea is it's people that are ashamed of their past trying to bring other people down. And that's what it is. It's, it's a quest to, if you're ashamed of your past, you're going to make yourself feel better by trying to ruin someone else. You see it over and over again. Every like these journalists that call people racist or say that they're advocates of white supremacy, <clears throat> you find out in their past that they've had racist tweets. It's all just a cover up and <clears throat> I just I look at it all and say, What are we doing? How do we stop this? Because right now we've all diagnosed with a problem, right? Everybody mm-hmm. knows there's a divide that race relations have gone way over the top that we've taken we've taken singular issues and, and painted them with broad sweeping brushes but no one really talks about what we do to stop this and that makes me think maybe there isn't a solution is this just a new normal that one side hates the other side the other side thinks everybody that doesn't agree with them is racist i mean is that where we are because if so that's a pretty unfortunate place to arrive at that's exactly where we are and I think had Stephen A. Smith not spoken up in defense of Chris, both on ESPN's first take and later that afternoon on Mad Dog Show, I wonder what the consequences would have been for Chris. I believe that they would have been differently because, or different because I feel that there aren't enough people that come to defense of white people when they make a comment. I'm living proof of that. I can tell you that two years ago, nobody came to my defense. And so I've seen it firsthand. I just think it's a shame. And listen, I've said this and I don't need to say this. It's common sense. We have a lot of issues in this country as it pertains to racism. Racism does exist. Okay. And if people think it doesn't, then they're naive and they're living in a cave. So I'm not dismissing the fact that we do have some serious issues in this country as it pertains to racism. However, the race card is used way too often Draymond Green being an example of insinuating that Christopher Maddog Russo is a racist, knows nothing about Chris, knows nothing about his background, knows nothing about anything, and automatically goes to a race card. And unfortunately, in the United States of America now, when a person of color wants to use the race card, the person that is on the other end is defenseless. And it's almost like 
Unless somebody comes out and supports them the way Stephen A. Smith did for Christopher Russo, you're screwed, you're canceled, you're labeled, you're gone, you're swallowed up, you're flushed down the toilet. That's a major problem in this country. Right. And you mentioned that racism still does exist. And I look at it, racism, excuse me, I think I have a cold. Um, racism is always going to exist on an individual and singular level. And it goes both ways. But the issue here is, well, here's a good example. The Buffalo shooter, by all accounts, was a white supremacist. And he was a racist. But that doesn't mean the country is full of white supremacists and racists. Just because there is a clear case of a white guy being racist. It's no different than the subway shooter in New York. There's a black man who, again, by by all evidence, was a black nationalist. He does not like people that are not black. So you're always going to have cases like that. The issue is that influencers and media people and celebrities and athletes, they amplify certain cases and de-emphasize the other. So you blow up the Buffalo shooting, you think, okay, this country is full of white people looking to kill black people. Well, it's not true. There are people like that, unfortunately, and we need to do our best to prevent them from action. But it also happens on the other side. It's like that parade in Wisconsin. That guy was a black nationalist who set out to kill white people who he did not like. So racism is always going to exist. But the issue that we have right now is how we portray and report on these singular cases of racism and just our selective mindset of saying, okay, this is worth a story and this isn't. Um, you bring up Stephen A. Smith defending Chris Russo. I said at the time, if Stephen A. didn't come to his defense, Pretty sure ESPN cuts ties with them. They say, hey, you're not worth the headache. But when Stephen A. stuck up for Russo twice, once on his show, once on Mad Dog's radio show, he sent a signal to ESPN, like, okay, look, I got this guy's back. Maybe think about what he said before you all jump on the bandwagon of this guy's a racist. That doesn't happen very often. And I give Stephen A. credit for that because not a lot of people would stick up for a white guy accused of racism in that situation. And that just shows you if somebody's willing to do that, it brings us brings society more back to the middle where they say, okay, wait a minute. If he's saying it's not racist, maybe we'll rethink it. And that's what happened, right? Is that people originally saw Draymond Green, JJ Reddick, Bomani Jones insinuate that Russo's a racist. So instinctively they agree. They pile on. They say, oh that's an old white guy that's racist. But once Stephen A pushed pushed back it got people to think, okay, let's reassess the situation. And many of them concluded to the point, huh, maybe what he said wasn't racist. Maybe he was just joking, given that he's made similar comments his entire career towards athletes of all color, including white athletes. Um, the only way, I think, to defeat some of this is through bravery, people standing up for others when it's not advantageous. I have a lot of issues with Stephen A. Smith. I think what he did to Max Kellerman was wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think he's proven at times with Josh Donaldson, Chris Russo, that he is willing to push back against the fray. And so few people are willing to do that now. So props to him. Great stuff with uh, Bobby Burak of Outkick. You can follow him on Twitter, and I invite you to do so. It's at Burak, B-U-R-A-C-K, Bobby underscore, at Burak, Bobby underscore. Great stuff. I really enjoy uh, speaking with you, and I really respect the fact that you're not afraid to write uh, what you feel without any consequences. And I believe that you write what many of us feel 
but are afraid or don't want to be labeled, uh, et cetera. So do I agree with everything you write? Not everything, but I agree with a lot of things you write. But I, I just uh, appreciate the form you have on OutKick to have, I hate to use the word courage, but you know, that to have the freedom uh, to do what you do. So thank you very much, Bobby. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, very kind words from you, uh, much respect. I appreciate that. The bottom line for me is if I can prove it, I feel that I should be able to write it. And I feel that every piece I write, no matter how polarized and controversial it becomes, I feel like I've backed all my points up with examples. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think anything I say is conspiratorial. I think it all is backed up by evidence and the current situation. And to me, as long as what I say can be backed up, I have no fear of any repercussions because if anybody changes their opinion or tries to punish me for it, that means they're trying to punish me for the truth. And at that point, what I mean, at that point, it's all worth it. The truth is always worth it, no matter what, no matter who likes you, no matter who doesn't. If you're telling the truth, you're winning. If you're lying, you're holding back, you're losing. It makes you a phony. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash grant look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good stuff with Bobby Burak of Outkick. Always good to have him on. It's now time for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I will answer your question on my podcast. Brendan asked, would you cut a player who got a DUI? Depends the circumstances. I think every circumstance is different. Um, I, I think, obviously, a circumstance with Henry Ruggs uh, is different than maybe other circumstances. You understand my point? So I think you have to judge each situation differently. Trevor asked, who are the most underrated Kings players of all time? That's a great question. There are too many to name. I always thought Otis Thorpe, when he played for the Kings back in the 80s, 
was underrated. I thought he was one of the best power forwards in the league. Went and did a great job with Houston. He's one that sticks out. There are many, Trevor. I'd have to think about that, but that's a very good question. Sam wants to know, how do the Celtics beat the Warriors? I'm sure this was sent to me before game one last night. Celtics are a good team, and they beat the Warriors last night with Jason Tatum not scoring because they got absolutely sick from beyond the line in the fourth quarter. This is going to be an interesting series. And by interesting, I mean it's going to go a long way, in my opinion. Ben asked, does Aaron Donald work out a deal with the Rams or retire? I don't see Aaron Donald retiring. I believe that he will work out a deal. David asked, what do I think about the Donovan Mitchell trade rumors? I'd love to have Mitchell on my team. So depending on what Utah would want, uh, I would love to get Mitchell. I think he's a dynamic player. You ask me what I think about it, mm, I don't have enough information from behind the scenes of the Jazz walls, but uh, I, I would want Donovan Mitchell if I were a general manager or I was a coach. Joe asked, do I think that Kevin Durant is mentally weak? He acts emotionally fragile, but is also a skilled pro that's done more than most. He's one of the great players of his generation. I don't know if he's mentally weak. I don't know if I'd say that. I think he's uh, very insecure emotionally, and is extremely sensitive to criticism. That's different, in my opinion, than being mentally weak. I think he's very sensitive to criticism. Dan asked, which NFL conference finals do you I think will be the most entertaining? Well, now that I've watched Colorado beat Edmonton twice and Edmonton not able to score last night, which was very surprising to me, I'm going to say the Rangers and the Lightning uh, for sure. Uh, somebody asked me if the Lightning wins the cup this year would they be considered a dynasty? Three cups in a row? Yeah, I, I probably would put them right up there. Would I put them as the greatest teams of all time? No. Would I have them ahead of the Canadians? No. Would I have them ahead of the Oilers in the early uh, in the 80s or the Islanders that won four in a row in the 80s? No. Would I put them ahead of some of the Bruins teams or some of the Flyers teams? No. But you'd, they'd be entering rarefied air. Uh, that's for sure. Bryce wants to know, could Vivek end up being one of the worst sports owners of all time, if not the worst? Yeah, he's on his way right now, Bryce. He's on his way right now. Rob wants to know, what's the best city for hosting an all-star game? Depends what sport you're talking about. If you're talking about basketball, I would say probably Vegas. You can't go wrong there. It's a great city for hosting an all-star game. But you didn't tell me what sport. If it's the sport and it's the NBA I'd probably say Vegas, absolutely. Tim wants to know, how would I grade Ryan Fitzpatrick's career? Very good. Seemed like wherever he went, Tim, he made that team better. Mark asked, are you surprised that NASCAR is doing LGBTQ marketing? No, I think I'm not surprised with anything from a company's perspective when it comes to marketing. That's why I had Bobby Burak on. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what's going on in this country. Reed wants to know, will Joel Embiid ever win a title? Not if he has James Harden playing alongside him. He won't. Absolutely will not. Again, go to crowdultra.com and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. It's time for Brent, 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 Brent. 
So game one goes to the Boston Celtics, and I thought before the series began that if Boston was going to win the title, they'd have to win two games on the Warriors' home court because I believe the Warriors will clearly win a game in Boston. I think this series is going the distance. I think it's going to be an incredible series. A couple of things about last night. Jason Tatum had an awful night shooting, did have 13 assists, but that bodes well for Boston that they're able to still beat the Warriors without Tatum being a factor offensively. Now, I'm not discounting his assists, but I'm talking about his points. That fourth quarter last night was unbelievable by the Celtics, their three-point shooting. And how about Al freaking Horford doing what he's doing? Incredible. This series is going to be entertaining. And for those that have already chimed in and said that with Boston winning game one, they're now in the driver's seat and they're going to win. Hold your horses here. We're talking about a Golden State Warriors team that's won three championships, that's been to the finals numerous times. They got Curry. They got Thompson. They've got Green. They've got players that have been there and done that. Now, do I think the Warriors have to win Sunday? Absolutely. So do you. All right. We have to be realistic about this. But this series is far from over just because the Boston Celtics won game one last night in San Francisco. Hey, it's good for the NBA. Let's have a compelling series after those awful conference finals. We're due. This is going along. This going along. This going seven games, folks. I really believe it. I think this is going seven games with the Celtics and the Warriors. We'd love to know what you think. You can leave me a comment. You can also hit me up on social media at Grant Napier Show. Tell me what you think. You think this series is going the distance or not? Or you can join me weekday afternoons at 3 o'clock live on Listen App. That's my rant for today. Really appreciate you joining me. Hope you have a fabulous weekend. And as always, thank you so much for being right here. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.